elite prospects rankings are finally out for the 2024 NHL draft. We'll break those down for you and talk about some surprises, some standouts on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High, and on today's episode, we'll be breaking down elite prospects rankings. There are some very interesting um, rankings for them, uh, for, for the ones that they put out here as the early, um, as the first breakdown really of the 2024 NHL draft. Um We'll start by breaking down the top five, kind of talking through them and how we kind of compare uh, in our early kind of um, process compared to them. Um, and we'll also talk about picks six through 10. There are some interesting ones in there as well. And then we'll end things off in our third segment by just kind of talking you through the latter half of the first round and, you know, some guys that really surprised us in terms of where they ended up on elite prospects rankings. Um, the first rankings are really often an opportunity to um, kind of showcase players that you really like. It's an opportunity for you to look really good early on in the season, because if you look bad, it's not that bad. I mean, you're, you, at the end of the day, if you know you rank a player high and they end up lower on your board and on everyone else's boards by the end of the year, it's normal. Um, but with those latter half first round picks, you get an opportunity to show like, hey, I really like this guy. Um, and if you look good for it in a couple months, well, great. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about all that more in detail. Before we get into it, today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Uh, download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. Um, so, Sebastian, any surprises at first overall here for Elite Prospects? Shockingly, no. Uh, I think that... Uh... The public scouting community as a whole is, uh, at least for now, fairly unanimous in, in who yeah. the player at one is. And I know that we had a little bit of debate on that front a couple months ago. But mm -hmm. at least to start the season, I don't think any players come close to being as impressive or as NHL projectable as uh, Macklin Celebrini has been. So uh, no shocker there, uh, but, but definitely a, a good spot for a, an excellent prospect. Absolutely. At second overall, though, um, a player we haven't seen much on any other rankings, but I'm glad to hear that Elite Prospects is on the same page as us as this. It's Ivan Demidov at second overall, the best handler in the draft, and it's not even fairly close. I mean, it's just, it's absurd the level of stick handling this player has. He's dynamic, he's elusive on the puck, he's able to um, wriggle his way out of trouble really well. Um, and, you know, you talk about a player who just dominates the game um, every puck touch he gets. I mean, I haven't seen a puck touch of Ivan Demidov where he's not trying something outside of the box. So it's 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 very promising. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't think there's a there's, we have seen an MHL player in the last like three to four drafts that has tried more things than Demidov tries at the MHL level. And that's saying something because yeah. MHL forwards are always trying something and it makes them entertaining to watch. Uh, maybe a bit yeah. of a pain to scout sometimes, but but very, very fun. <laughs> and Demidov combines that fun factor with uh, a plethora of 
very, very high-end tools. And uh, I think that his hockey brain is one of the better ones in this draft class as well. He processes the game very quickly. He still needs to learn how to control his game a little bit more. He can still try a bit too much he can bite off more than yeah. he can chew uh i've seen him go solo on some plays and uh he can he really really can uh but it doesn't always work and there are definitely times where the wiser decision would be to maybe wait for some teammates to like, give him some support and to not overextend uh rushes but yeah. uh, with the meetup especially at the mhl level that doesn't really matter too much yet uh, but in terms of NHL projection, it's something to keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, I think at, at second overall, we're definitely going to have a debate in our meeting, uh, which is coming up next weekend uh, at Dauber Prospects about second overall. I don't think it's going to be necessarily unanimous, but uh, my, my sense is that uh, I, I know the two of us w will be pulling for Demidov in this same position. Uh, yeah. And we'll see what our other scouts have to say. Uh, but I'm curious to see what, what those debates unfold as. But as, as of right now, Demidov would also be my number two. So uh, no yeah. complaints so far on this board. And uh, yeah, no, it's fun. Yeah, absolutely. And at third overall is when the, the divergence starts. They have Cole Eisenman at third overall. Um, to read a bit off their description of him, Eisenman is inevitable. The puck explodes off his stick, whether he's loading up a wrist or shooting off the catch or one-timing from the circle. That's just spot on with Eisenman. I mean, he 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 shoots the puck extremely well. Um, we're talking about kind of a, a an elite, uh, borderline franchise level goal scorer. My issue with Eisenman is outside of that. I mean, he's a good off puck mover. That's definitely true. Um, but I don't see many of the power elements that I'd like to see so far from from Eisenman. Although I've gotten higher on the surrounding skill, he's still able to push off opponents. He's still able to drop the shoulder, protect with his hand, drive the net, that kind of stuff. It's less, it's a bit more subtle with Eisenman than with other prospects. And my question is, you know, I, I almost definitely have him at kind of the fifth, sixth overall range, kind of in the same tier as some of the guys that are that are ahead of him. Um, but for me, there's a there's a distinct issue with the way that he um complements his skill set um his goal scoring is really good his off puck movement is really good but everything that leads up to heading to going into the offensive zone it's hit or miss for me and i still need to see kind of those elements but that just tells you how overwhelmingly good his goal scoring ability is that he's still in my tentative top six uh despite those issues right i mean He's a fantastic prospect, but the real shocker so far um, is Caden Lindstrom at fourth overall, um, the center from the Medicine Hat Tigers. He's off to a toward start. I really like what he's been doing. Um, and, you know, from what I understand, Caden Lindstrom is a type of player who just absorbs information every game because you see him every game, add new things to his game, add new layers to his skill set. And Mitch Brown had a lot to say about him, eh? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I texted a couple of the EP staff after these rankings got posted, and Lindstrom, I think, is the really big name that stood out at the high end of this yeah. board. Uh, and, and it, I mean, interestingly, uh, Mitch was actually quite surprised as to how much, uh, I guess, shock was kind of going around the scouting community about that ranking, because everything yeah. that, that they've seen has screamed to them, like, top four, top five talent. Uh, and I went back and watched uh, like a game and a half of Lindstrom right afterwards, just to kind of check him out a bit more, uh, a bit more in depth to to see what exactly the EP staff uh, is seeing in Lindstrom in that super high end range of this draft class. And I saw a lot of really interesting things. 
I don't think there's a player in the WHL who's more intelligent in how he uses his physicality to create advantages all over the ice. Uh, Lindstrom has developed his game a fair amount in the last like six to eight months. Like I've gone back and watched D minus one tape and where this season Lindstrom has been a really high end playmaker, uh, constantly looking to get the puck to the slot and completing a high, a lot of those passes from what I've seen. Uh, Curious to see what Mitch Brown's data uh, says about that uh, in a couple months time when that comes out. But uh, last season, I remember thinking, that um, like his vision was really impressive, but the actual completion rate of of those high danger pass attempts was questionable. And I am pretty sure that Mitch Brown's data from last year also co- like, like like confirms that. Uh, but I've seen a lot of progression there. And as you said, I think that the rate at which he's able to absorb new information and add new tools to the toolkit. Uh, is really impressive. And this is a, a player who is as intelligent as he is toolsy. Uh, he is uh, very effective in transition this season from what I've seen. He's intelligent enough as well in transition to defer to his line mates that are better puck carriers than, here, than, than, yeah. than he is. Like Andrew Basha, for instance, is a very, very, very good transition forward in the WHL. And Lindstrom is constantly looking to use that tool as an advantage to get into the offensive zone. Uh, yeah. rather than kind of playing that, that that solo-minded game, which I love to see. Uh, in the offensive zone, he's very effective at using his body, not only to clog up the, the net front and, and, and be that screen, but to initiate contact off of defenders, to, to create space for himself, whether he has the puck or not. And I've been very impressed so far. And while top five is still a little bit bullish for me at this point, uh, he he has uh, entered my top 10. And I I think he will feature right around that 8 to 12 range on our dopper board as well. And for yeah, for, sh- for sure. And to end things off with the top five, we have Sam Dickinson, the first defenseman off the board. No surprise there. He's incredibly good defensively, an extremely good skater. He's active offensively as well. He's comfortable carrying the puck. Um, you know, he's going to be a shutdown force at the next level um, to, to quote elite prospects. And that's definitely true. Um, and, you know, the, the shot has impressed me a bit more as the season went on, but I'm still fairly in- impressed with the small area playmaking. So I'd be very shocked to see him not be the first defenseman off the board. Um, but yeah, I've been fairly impressed with kind of that that toolkit from him as well. Uh, but that's a, that's the Elite Prospects top five. We'll get into the picks six through ten and break those down a bit more in detail. But first, a quick word from our sponsors over at Game Time. If you want to get last-minute tickets to any event, whether that's sports, comedy, uh, theater, anything that requires tickets, Game Time has you covered. Um, they're my favorites in terms of uh, picking up tickets because my schedule is very volatile, so... Um, I can find myself with a free afternoon out of nowhere, and um, game time comes in clutch when it comes to that. Uh, you can get tickets up to the last minute before the event, and even sometimes an hour after it starts, you can still get tickets for it. Uh, they've got really interesting deals, including zone deals, where game time picks the 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 you pick the row, and game time picks the seat, um, and that's an average of about eighteen percent of savings. Um, according to U.S. data. Um, And the game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less than what game time has to offer, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can see this view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you get there. Um, All-in prices show your total upfront, so you know exactly what deal you're getting without any hidden fees. So they're a really interesting option if you want to pick up tickets. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. You download the game time app, create an account and use a code locked on 
NHL for twenty percent for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, create an account, redeem the code locked on NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so moving on to picks 6 through 10 on Elite Prospects, brand new November rankings for the 2024 NHL Draft. We'll start with number 6 here with Artyom Lefshunov, um, a, prospect who, a prospect who we've deferred on a lot, um, and we've seen different opinions around uh, the scouting sphere overall, but it seems like a lot of scouts are picking up on uh, Lefshunov uh, and, and what he does well, and I can definitely see it as an incredibly toolsy defenseman. A lot of what he does offensively works really well. He's got a decent shot. Um, he's able to find lanes really well and opens them up fairly well with that lateral mobility of his. He's extremely strong on the puck. He's up to seven points in eight games as a right-handed defenseman uh, with Michigan State University in the NCAA. It's not the highest level of competition, uh, so one of the lower kind of divisions of uh, the NCAA, but he's been playing really impressive hockey so far. And, you know, as of recently, uh, you've had him in kind of what your 15 to 20 range, something like that. Um, you know, you mentioned the Bridget upper body is kind of something that you, you're, you're kind of turned off by in, in earlier episodes, but is there anything that could give you promise and let and, and kind of give you an indication as to why Elite Prospects has him at six overall? Because I can I can sort of see it, maybe not that high, but I can see it still. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I've caught about like two two and a half in depth viewings of Liv Shunov in the last like three months, which isn't all that much. Uh, so my my takes on his front have been tempered. Like I, I it, it's really still first impression basis for me. I know that you've watched a fair amount more of him than I have so far. Yeah. Uh, but I think with Levshunov, the hockey brain, the intelligence really stand out very positively. Mm-hmm. I think in my viewings, the 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 two big question marks that I had with him were his willingness to really get involved offensively like by actually activating beyond the hash marks yeah. and his rigid his rigid upper upper body as you mentioned i i've seen him uh get caught flat footed because of that rigid upper body in his pivots and that's been a little bit of a question mark in my mind but uh those weren't the most in-depth viewings at all and i i've seen i mean like from ranging from you to david sod who's our usa scout at dauber to uh ep to a bunch of other scouts i've been talking to a lot of people are are growing on him this season yeah. with the ncaa footage like really really impressing them so uh i, I i'm not gonna die on the hill of Levshunov uh, outside the top 10 just yet uh and and honestly considering that like how, how much you like and how much david likes him I expect him to end up inside our top 10 at Dauber as well. And I'm, I'm not sure. at all against that. So uh, yeah. I have question marks, but I'm kind of looking from afar because I am focusing a little bit more on the European players this year while you are taking the, the bigger uh, brunt of the, the NA workload. So I think I got, I got, yeah. off, I got off well there. I have a, a couple few fewer players to have to delve deep into. Uh, which mm-hmm. saved me some time. Yeah, absolutely. But still, I mean, it, it, he, he's a decent player. Um, yeah. For me, he's around the 10 pick. Like, I, that's where I'd have him as of as of right now. Uh, but obviously, we'll ramp up viewings as uh, we approach this next weekend in our rankings. Uh, moving on to number seven, we've got Berkeley Catton of the Spokane Chiefs, a 
kind of slightly undersized, extremely skillful, extremely pacey player. Um, plays with a lot of a of, of kind of on puck intensity. He accelerates the pace of play a lot on puck. Um, had a really impressive Linka Gretzky Cup. Uh, was it, the clutch factor on Team Canada. Team Canada team that had an exceptional status player in uh, Michael Misa on that team. He was outperforming them all. Um, I'm not as impressed with the motor, the off puck game, and the defensive value as elite prospects are. They added those as kind of strengths to his game at the end. Um, I don't really see that so far. Um, I have big concerns about his passive off puck game defensively. Uh, his motor is really inconsistent. His defensive stick positioning isn't always there. Um, but the skill set's definitely there. And, you know, I would have him around the kind of 9 to 12 range along with guys like Konsta Helenius and uh, Artem Lefshunov and all that stuff. But speaking of Konsta Helenius, we've got him at 8th overall. Um, our Finnish scout, Annie Karvinen, is a big fan of his. Um, and I understand why. He's got a great brain, right? I mean, he, he's, he understands the ice and it takes it in really well. And it's one thing to scan and to, to see around you. But it's another thing to understand what's going on around you. And I feel like that's a differentiating, a differentiating factor that Constant Hellenius has nailed down, um, in my opinion. What do you think? Oh, for sure. His head's always on a swivel. And I, I think he's been a, a good example of one of the benefits that uh, players that, 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 that develop in Europe have over North American players. And that is yeah. really needing to learn those scanning habits very, very quickly. Of course, there are exceptions to that rule, but like guys like like Yuri Slavkovsky, for instance, if he'd gotten a bit more time to learn that after being drafted, I do think that would have gone a long way because in European leagues, you do have that extra bit of time and space, which allows players to really, really learn those scanning habits a lot more comfortably than in North American situations. And uh, with Hellenius, his, as I said, his head's always on a swivel, and <laughs> Annie's been mentioning that in, in, in our game reports as well. And uh, I've been seeing a lot of the same. I think I still have a couple more questions on just how, how high-end the offensive tools are. I'd like to see him be a bit more decisive uh, with the puck on his stick in Liga. I can see him fading to the background some shifts even inside the offensive zone uh yeah. but but that said i the more recent viewings i've had of him have impressed me more than his early season viewings which is great to see like that as the progression you want from players shaking off that summer rust and uh he's also going to have a case to be made inside the top 10 for us so i think that this is entirely within his range for ep and uh yeah helenis is a fun skilled offensive mind and playing in a pro league is helping develop those professional habits as well yeah, absolutely. Um, at nine, I've got a bit of a question mark here in Ryder Ritchie. Um, left winger out of Prince Albert in the WHL. Um, the way elite prospects describe him, they talk about pace, give and goes, and a lethal wrister. Um, I have a bit more questions about the translatability of his game. I see a bit more of a kind of junior style. Um, but, you know, the play building is good. I just need to see a bit more um, maturity in his decision making. There's a lot of the things that he does where he's driving lanes that aren't there, that he's, um, you know, pushing wide on players instead of cutting inside. There's small things like that that I'd like to see on the puck. But when it comes to distributing and moving into space, it's really good. And that's a translatable skill. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that develops for him, but I think nine's a bit too high for my, for my liking so far. Um, he's a guy that I kind of consider in the late teens, early twenties, uh, but we'll see how that develops. And then finally a 10th overall, um, elite prospects has Adam Juracek. And this is about right, right? I mean, this is more or less what we'd kind of expect from Adam Juracek, maybe even slightly lower, um, Heading into the season, I think both us and Elite Prospects had him as kind of an early top five contender. 
Um, yeah. But he struggled massively so far in uh, Czechia. He's a right-handed defenseman playing out of Czechia, and he has zero points in 11 games at the pro level and zero points in three games at the U20 level. Um, and Czechia isn't necessarily the toughest league to produce in. So what gives there? Yeah, it's been a rough early season for for Adam Yerichek. Uh I've, I've been watching him a fair amount, uh, and he's one of the more interesting case studies for me this year because of just the divergence between what I saw at the Lenka, for instance, and what I'm seeing in any league play, whether it be in the Czech Pro League or in U20. And uh, this season, the hesitation in Yerichek's game has been really concerning to me. I've had a lot of questions about... Every single time, not, not every time, but quite regularly when he's facing heavy pressure, uh, he completely hesitates and uh, he, he regularly loses, loses those those puck battles when he is having to like actually face that pressure and face it head on. Uh, mm-hmm. And while, yes, this is a player who has some really intriguing physical tools. He is six foot one, 150 something pounds, uh, but he is very strong. He plays a vicious style of hockey. He plays with physicality and violence. And the, I mean, hope with that is that when, once he adds another like 30 to 50 pounds to his frame uh, in the next like four or five years, this could be a really, really violent defensive zone defender. And uh, there are flashes of defensive brilliance with him that, that, that are really, really fun. Like the aggression in this game is awesome. And EP really noted this in their blurb as well on year yeah. check in this ranking, but I, I have a lot of questions and at least as of right now, I believe my range for him is 12 to 20, uh, which is uh, lower than I was expecting to have him at this stage. I just, and that, that is also just being fed by his pre-draft year uh, results and, yeah. and viewings because what I've seen so far this year, I'd have questions about first round upside, but we are mm-hmm. what 10 to 15 games into the season. It's still quite early. Uh, not going to do any too big knee-jerk reactions here just yet. But uh, yeah, yeah t- 10 is, at least as of what we've seen right now, I think a little bit optimistic for Yurichek and could very well be right. And we could see him jump right back into that top five conversation as the year goes on because the tools are really impressive too. Yeah, absolutely. And that wraps things up for our second segment. Now we'll talk about uh, picks 11 through 32. We've got a packed third segment for you here. We'll get into that right after these messages here from FanDuel, our sponsors here at Locked On NHL Prospects. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins that you can use on anything, ranging from spreads to player props to over and unders and more. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Whether you want to bet on uh, Travis Kelsey scoring a touchdown or Patrick Mahomes running for one, you can choose it all on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so ending things off with picks 11 through 32 and elite prospects rankings of the 2024 draft. We'll go through these fairly quickly. At 11th overall, I'm a big fan of this, Michael Branzak-Nugard. Uh, and I think you've come around on that as well. He's a Norwegian winger. 
plays a power game, really knows how to drop, drive the net extremely well. The defensive game is high end. The skating, the speed is really good as well. Um, and he's been, just been growing his skill set with every game. So I've been fairly impressed with him and no no uh, complaints there with him at 11th overall. But Zane Pereka 12th is way lower than we have him. I mean, he's in contention with Sam Dickinson for us right now at Elite Prospects at 4th overall. Um, so it, it's it's that was a bit weird. Um, but definitely understandable. Um, your take on Perek has kind of stayed the same throughout the year. I mean, we're talking about an extremely skilled offensive defenseman, right? Yeah, I don't think my takes on like really shifted on him since I first really started watching him with my live viewings and yeah. uh, like last season. And uh, yeah, he, he's one of my favorite players in this draft class of scout. I I can understand um, why EP has him a bit lower. Like, yeah, this is a player who in previous seasons definitely had a lot of flashes of defensive mishaps. Whereas this season, it's been very, very, very solid to start off. I think yeah. our ranking is betting on that continuing and EP <laughs> is waiting for that sample to uh, increase in size Drop, before yeah. they, 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 they bump them up their board because mm-hmm. it, the difference in, in Perex value, if he is a pure offensive defenseman versus a high end two way defenseman is quite different. And yeah. I think that these rankings reflect that. So, uh, yeah. I'm curious to see how it goes on this season, but I know that Lauren Kelly EP's uh, OHL skip is a massive fan of Parekh as well. So definitely yeah. likely that, that Parekh rises up that board if his performances continue as they've started this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, otherwise, we have Anton Salayev at 13, uh, six with seven left-handed defenseman out of Torpedo. He's playing top minutes in the KHL, playing really well. Mm-hmm. Just about uh, what you'd expect from him here. I mean, there's on and off questions about, you know, his his defensive engagement, his ability to uh, read plays. He sometimes has some weird decisions on the puck, um, really inconsistent performances. But when he's on, he looks like a top 10 pick. So I'm, I'm not complaining there either. But the big surprise for me here is Tijaginla at 14th. Uh, Jerome McGinley's son, he plays for the Kelowna Rockets. He's paired with um, uh, with. with Andrew Crystal um, in Kelowna, and that that combo has been working really well. Um, really good goal scorer, really good off puck mover. Um, I've been more and more impressed with the off puck movement, with the um, with the motor and all that good stuff. But um, he still has some ways to go before he cuts their top fifteen. I think here at Elite Prospects. Um, then Trevor Conley is almost exactly where I'd have him at fifteenth overall. Um, extremely skillful playing in Tri City. Um, extremely skillful on the puck. Really deceptive. Really elusive with the puck. Extremely pacey as well. Um, but the type of player that you could see develop his game in decent ways. Right now he plays a bit more of that junior style, but the skill set's undeniable, and his Helink Aggressive Cup viewings really put him on the map, right? I mean, we're talking about a player who, who's got it um, in terms of skill set. Um, but talk me through Liam Greentree at 16th overall. That's a bit high for my liking as well. Um, what's your take on Greentree so far? I don't mind this ranking, honestly, from what I've seen so far. I'm going to catch a, a live viewing tomorrow, well, Sunday. We're recording this on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm, I'm really going to focus in on him there. But uh, so far, what I've seen from Greentree has been a highly intelligent and powerful forward who is quite versatile and really, really cerebral in how he leverages his tools in different situations. He plays slightly different styles against different competitions. He adjusts how he plays the game to the competition, which I adore to see in prospects. Uh, That versatility, that adaptability uh, is great. And uh, and he's at five points over a point a game so far in the OHL this season. And he's been really, really fun to watch. So while this is the high end of his range in my mind, this isn't an unreasonable ranking either. 
Perfect. So that's good. Um, other than that, we have Igor Chernyshov at 17th overall. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast, so you guys know how we feel about him. Um, he'd be definitely higher on our rankings, um, but I'd say he's around, you know, the later half of the, the, the later kind of range of his rankings would probably be around 12, 13, right? So I, us, I think this yeah. is reasonable, yeah. Um, other than that, Ziv Buyum at um, 18th overall, a defenseman out of the uh, out of the Denver program in the NCAA, um, really young and playing really good minutes in Denver um, against NCAA competition. He's been really impressive on the puck. His mobility is extremely impressive. He's able to close gaps really well. I mean, I don't have any complaints with this. Um, Ziv Buyum is a player who isn't really talked about as much, so he's definitely a player that we're going to kind of discuss a lot more as the season goes on but early viewings for me uh have been really you know decent for for zave bouillam um but then at 19 we have nikita artomanov um a player that i was really impressed with he plays in the same program as um as anton salayev torpedo in the khl he's playing really good minutes in the khl and he has decent production so far um you saw a bit less paciness in this game, saw a bit less kind of drive to um, to kind of evade opponents and all that, but the motor's good, the skill set's good, the playmaking's good, the shooting's good. I mean, there's a lot to like in this game, right? So much to like. I think, uh, like, the things that really stood out to me in, in my first viewing and a half of him, apart from my passing viewings of Salayev, uh, yeah. were, were really the playmaking and the intelligence that really, really stood out to me, especially at the yeah. KHL level. Uh, Artemanov stood out to me every single shift as one of the more creative player, players on the ice with the puck on his stick, yeah. uh, can find really, really interesting passing lanes, and can actually create them through complex situations, uh, even like through multiple layers of defenders. He loves to carry the puck and shift defensive, defensive structures to create those openings, and mm -hmm. EP wrote exactly that in here. So I, I fully agree. I think that this is entirely his range. Uh, I think I have him at that, that 14 to 20 range as well. Uh, so 19 is perfectly within that. And uh, the playmaking is a ton of fun. So the production's been great. Playmaking has been great. Uh, there's definitely room for him to to move up draft boards from this point onwards as well. Like he's a very fun player. Absolutely. And to end things off with the top uh, for the top 20, we've got Luke Misa, 20. Uh, not a surprise given that Lauren Kelly's the OHL scout. Um, nope. And another really good Mississauga Steelhead. The pace on him is insane. I mean, he plays the game at such a high speed, processes it at, at a high speed. Um, I have a bit more questions about the defensive game and the overall impact in terms of motor, in terms of off-buck movement. But everything on the puck and in terms of transitions, no complaints with, with Luke Misa, right? So, like, yeah, th this is not surprising at all. And I think this is a really decent top 20. Um, and we'll go through picks 21 through 32 on tomorrow's episode as we continue this breakdown and talk a bit about some other rankings as well. Uh, but that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. They've got all your news and updates about what's going on in sports. And again, tune in tomorrow. We'll continue with these rankings and talk about Corey Pronman's rankings as well and kind of how they can compared to what we're kind of looking at early on the season. So uh, this has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time. New year, new credit scores. Chime makes it easier to build credit by using your own money to make on-time payments with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. 
To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a qualifying direct deposit. There's no annual fee or credit check required when applying. Get started at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary.